Welcome to the Events Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Taylor, and each week I talk with event entrepreneurs about how they plan, promote, and run their events. We help you build your events empire by growing your business using live events. Whether you're running community meetups, conferences, trade shows, IT training, music events, or literally any type of event, we focus on finding actionable tips that you can use straight away. The podcast is sponsored by Apps Events. We produce over 300 of our own events across the globe every year, from training to conferences, and we're now sharing our expertise to a small group of event professionals. There's a couple of ways we can help you. Firstly, we can run the logistics for your event. We have a whole support team who can handle all the heavy lifting for you. We can help set up your website and agenda, liaise with your speakers, deal with the huge volume of questions you'll get from attendees, we can liaise with venues, and we can come to the event to actually run it for you on the ground. Get in touch with james at appsevents.com and we'll jump on a call to see if we can help. Secondly, I offer one-on-one coaching to help event entrepreneurs grow their events. I want you to get more attendees, produce epic events, make more money, and most importantly, to do it all with no stress. So just email me at dan at appsevents.com and we'll jump on a call. And now, on to the interview. We're going to talk next about the ISTE certification. So if, like myself, um, you're based in either the UK or Europe, um, I don't know how familiar you are, you, you are with ISTE as an organisation. Um, I imagine if you're in the US, you're very familiar with them. So the ISTE created a set of teacher standards uh, some years ago, and they update them regularly. Um, but more recently, they've developed that into a certification. So that's what we're going to talk about next, which means I am going to bring in Wendy and Gitto as well. And I'll just uh, remove Bogdan's Twitter handle so we can all see Gitto uh, there. So yeah, um, A Learning Lab, which is part of Apps Events, is, is now in a position to deliver the ISTE certification, which we're really, really pleased about. We think it's um, uh, a superb addition to the sort of training on technology we're used to doing anyway. Um, but what I'm going to sort of try and do is fire a few questions at the three of you. Um, you've all been through the whole process of the what would normally be two face-to-face training days, followed by the online sort of portfolio piece of work um, that takes place over several months following the training. And it's worth saying that now, obviously, because of current circumstances, um, we can deliver those two days remotely. Um, so um, if you go to alearninglab.com, you can have a look at, at what that looks like and inquire about setting that up. But yeah, um, Gitto, I don't know if you want to start with your reflections on the ISTE certification. Um, I suppose the questions are probably, though I'm looking forward to more questions coming in, is what is it? Why would it be useful for me? And what does it kind of look like? What's the what's involved? Um, so the ISTE uh, standards, first of all, you have the ISTE educator standards and the um, student standards. I'm going to say straight away, Wendy and Bogdan do pipe in if I say something that's wrong here. Um, and there's a set of standards, not specific to a subject or specific to a uh, primary teacher or a further education teacher. They're the educated ones are basically what you can do to make sure you're a good teacher. I guess that's the simplest way of saying it. They're standards um, centered around your own development, so to make sure that 
you are continuing to learn as an educator um, and then alongside how you are uh, guiding your own students both to be um, good citizens looking at uh, how to behave online and so on but also help them uh, in terms of design thinking. Ben, I know that's a big part for you. Um, I want to say 20 five to six standards. Wendy, you're the expert on this. I can tell you right away. She'll tell me off the top of her head how many standards there are in the educator one. Make close on 25. 24, is it 25? There you go. Um, and even before you, even if without doing the um, certification itself, they're well worth accessing anyway. Um, so I'm sure someone can grab the link and pop it in the comments anyway um, while we're talking. But they're a good set of standards to uh, follow as an educator. Oh, perfect, even on screen there, Ben. Uh, they're useful standards to follow anyway. Now, the certification process um, takes it a step further. You normally, I hate saying during normal times, but you know what I mean. Uh, in pre-lockdown times, I guess, uh, it involves a two-day uh, pretty intensive course. Uh, we all gathered back in Fe February, right just before, a week or two before, um, Lockdown started here in the UK. We gathered for two days of face-to-face -face training. Um, and it's intensive and it's inspiring. Um, it really makes you look deeper at yourself as an educator, um, taking you out of that day-to-day -day, uh, in the classroom where you're constantly having to think on your feet and actually sit back and going, oh, yeah, maybe I do do that when I shouldn't. Or, oh, I never thought of doing this. Or, which is equally as valid sometimes, going, yeah, I do do that. Maybe I am a good teacher a little bit then. Uh, so it starts off with those two days. Then, um, if I pass to Wendy, if you want to talk a bit about the online training that follows after that. Yes, the online training was really interesting because I think the bit I liked best was when we had the two full days, first of all, we got to meet each other. If, you, if we weren't a group that were already doing it together, we would be in a cohort. Um, we would have had that two days to actually get used to each other. And then you move on to your online, um, online uh, course. Um, the way we're going to run that is that they will have, be in a cohort and they'll do that online, but there will be sessions where they're talking together before they go off and do their individual study. And I think that's going to be a really important part of it because you can feel quite isolated. Um, and then we had five weeks to do the actual online part. And throughout that, there was a lot to do. So you had deadlines for each week. So you weren't just left to do the whole thing in one go. You had uh, each week you had deadlines with two or three things you had to do. And there was a range of things you had to do. So sometimes you would be uh, writing or creating a, an artifact. Sometimes you would be uh, posting something up as a discussion thread. And then you would have to peer uh, review someone else's work. Sometimes you'd be giving video uh, feedback. So there was a whole range of different things to do then. I think that really keeps you engaged. And um, there was also really good feedback and timely feedback from the team as well. So that, you know, it kept you on track. Yeah, I, I, I did find it uh, interesting and interesting actually that I hadn't expected how much it was still working together in a way, even though we're all working our own way through the criteria and we're all working from home. So even this, this online part is online during normal times as well. It's, uh, self-learning away following the online course but every week it was give feedback to others on what they've written um put your reflections here and look at other people's reflections and give feedback to that or look at the resource they've made and give them feedback so they can improve it so it's constant talking and working together um anyway even in a asynchronous course we're all doing it at different times of the week 
And I guess having those deadlines, even though sometimes uh, I would lambast them to high heaven, they're actually useful in that because he kept us all around the same work at the same time, meaning that we could still have those discussions. We had a nice chat group going with everyone helping each other out as well. I thought, also thought it was really yes. useful because we got to see what our colleagues were doing as well. So, And, and we don't often get that chance to do that. I, you know, I learned a lot about the team that I was working with and how they work and their approaches to things through that, and that sort of opened my eyes quite a lot. Sorry, Bob. No, actually, that's exactly what I wanted to say as well, because that's happening quite often, even in schools, when we would like to work with our colleagues, but we don't have time because things get crazy. That's one thing. The other thing is now we were working not only with our direct colleagues, but you can actually work with teachers from other schools, other countries, other states, wherever, and you can get so many different uh, insights that you wouldn't have received just in your school. So that's just an added bonus. But I think it's fair to say that that ISTE didn't create this to be a tick box exercise that could be done in a short period of time. See, that's, that was a very enthusiastic uh, sort of agreement there from everyone. Well, disagreement, if you like. Um, so I, I, the, the impression I get is that uh, that it's really valuable to have that team around you. Um, I equate it in a very different circumstance to uh, my wife and her sort of... Um, uh, uh, what's the name of the group that gathers together before you give birth? Oh, N... I've completely forgotten NCPT or something like that. But that group where you just need to have someone who understands exactly what you're going through at that time. Um, and as much as people can be supportive, it's nice to have that backup of like uh, working together. So it sounds like that's an important part of the process. Yeah, ach achieving this this uh, certification, it's I say it's not a tick box exercise. It's it's a it's a substantial contribution of time. Um, and you've got to be aware of that beforehand. You're, yes, you've got the two-day workshop, or now that it's online, um, I think it's five to our webinars. Um, it's running at no, four, sorry, to our webinars is running at now. So, yes, you have that, but then you have these five weeks of online learning, probably three to four hours a week um, working on those. And then when that's finished, you then have your portfolio phase, which lasts over four to six months, less intensive than when you're doing those three and a half hours each week. But it's still a substantial um, input where you're showing evidence of you uh, using these standards and reaching these standards in your daily working life. So it's something that when you finish, um, which we've all done recently, our deadline's been quite recent, you really do have that sense of satisfaction. You feel that, wow, I, I've achieved this. I haven't been given this. Um, not everyone passes. Not everyone reaches, even submits work by the end, I guess. Um, luckily, the majority do. But it's a certification that, yes, is worth having uh, on CV. Yes, it's worth having because it improves your own um, pedagogy and your own uh, learning. But it also makes you feel quite good when you get it in that you've worked hard and you've been recognized for that hard work. Yeah, because one of the things we've been looking at in terms of delivering this is, is obviously yourselves as trainers will be there to support that cohort through the, whether it's two days in person or whether it's the, the four sessions um, but there's a wider team and what we're looking to do is obviously pair up trainers where possible and then when they go into the online phase, which is arguably the difficult bit, right, where you step away from that course together and you've got to work a bit more independently, we're looking for some consistent support across that to make sure people feel supported through it. Um, 
obviously, like Bogdan said, there's the opportunity to work. So there's going to be online courses that anyone from, you know, where time zone is convenient can join and work together. Um, but it also, you know, there's going to be the option to have it hosted by your school or you might decide that a group of three or four of you are going to join together. Um, so there's definitely some support that we're putting in place to make sure that it is a manageable challenge. Um, but like you say, it's a challenge nonetheless. What are some of the insights that you've kind of felt as you've gone through the standards and built your artifacts and given feedback? Are there any kind of standout moments of reflection for yourselves on your own practices? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, some of the things when I first read the standards, because it, do, it is a really good idea to, if you're thinking of doing this, to look at the standards first. Don't come in cold to it. Have a read through them. If they don't completely make sense, that's fine. But have read them before you start. But I noticed that, you know, I read a few and thought, oh, that's really easy. I do that all the time. Um, and when I went to put the portfolio together and actually put the artifact together, I really had to dig deep to find evidence that I was doing that. So, for instance, there's um, Citizen 3C, which is looking at intellectual property and and what else is it looking at? Safe and legal use of stuff. Yeah. So I thought I did that all the time. And it wasn't until I, I really started to look at the artifacts, I realized, yes, I do it, but it's sporadic. It's hit and miss where I do it. And as a trainer, uh, rather than a teacher that's seeing the same people over and over again, I um, really have to find ways where I could build evidence of that into my practice across the board. So I think it really did change the way I did that and, and, and certain other things as well. I also had a similar issue, uh, like when you said, as a trainer, the perspective is slightly different uh, because we see like our learners, the teachers, we see them for one or two days or four or six sessions online and so on and so forth. And we have to adapt things. Uh, and I also had uh, that, let's call it struggle or let's say opportunity, uh, because that also forced me to organize my training sessions better, to find that silver lining that would remind me to have a look at all of these standards and also implement them in every single session, even if it's just, hey, Let's have a look at this quickly and uh, let's think about how you can do that with your students in the classroom. For me, that was, as I said, the opportunity because um, it was that structure that helped me keep things together in a very cohesive way. I was mentioning, to, to follow your example, the whole idea of copyright and intellectual property before. But since I started working on the portfolio, everything seemed to fit much better in Place. And that's, I think, the biggest outcome for me from this whole process, not the artifacts, not the standards, not the portfolio, but how I've changed my approach while I was working on the portfolio and how I started to look at things from a different angle. Absolutely. I found that, so in the group list that took it at the same time, we had a, Bogdan referred to there, a mix of people who are trainers and therefore spend their time training adults and not the same adults each week, moving from one school to another, sets of teachers from another. And we had full-time teachers who have their own class and run. And it was interesting to build a bit of bridge in that gap because I still teach my own class, but also do training. And the thing that hit me was that the skills really were bridging both. The criteria hitting, some of them going, oh, I do that in my trainings all the time. And then a bit down the road, as Wendy said, when you suddenly think, I don't do it in my class that often <laughs> Or, oh, yeah, I do this with the children every day. I've never done that in my trainings. And it, it was quite open to, to 
it sounds obvious when you say it, but to realize, yeah, that the skills I need to teach my seven-year-old students, a lot of those are skills I need when I'm teaching those 30 to 50-year-old teachers as well. Yeah, you you were quite a rowdy group, if I remember correctly, in London. So I think some of yeah, some of those seven-year-old teaching skills were definitely needed. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, that's a really important point. I think about it is whether you're uh, kind of um, working as a kind of uh, ed tech coach across a, a load of teachers, and you're not in the classroom every day, or whether you are sort of grade four teaching each and every day with all the students there seems to be something in there for both of those situations and obviously a great opportunity to to work together and actually um obviously we've got the three of you on today um but in terms of our cohort of trainers who are going to be uh, delivering these sessions um Gitta, your background is primary you still work in a primary school Wendy, your background's in further education, Bogdana, secondary science teacher. So we've got a lot of coverage. Um, obviously, Kim is sort of middle school um, based in Germany and Heather in the Netherlands. So I think one of the things that we were really pleased to be able to do was um, have a wide range of expertise and backgrounds amongst the trainers, and we'll try and con continue to build that as we go. And hopefully we'll see that reflected in the cohorts that you work with. Yeah, that'll be interesting. And uh, what is quite interesting, we've, we've, we've pushed quite heavily against the, the commitment it took and the, the work it took into it. But obviously, as a team now of trainers, um, the support that we'll be giving is model on the support we got when we did it ourselves. So uh, we had three different... Um, trainers working with us either in person on the day or then through the process and Wendy said timely feedback earlier it's yes you submit things every week and you get feedback pretty much a couple of days after um, each week you have uh, trainers there that you can contact and ask questions I think I've lost count on the amount of video calls we've been together uh, with one or more of the trainers over the past six months so you've got the joint support of that team of trainers behind you which will be us now um, but then also of your own group. And I, I cannot stress enough how useful it has to have a group just for those in your cohorts, uh, probably without the trainers, just so that you can uh, ask the questions a lot of teams every now and then, every now and then as well. But I'll still remember those trainers are there at the other end of email. Um, and when things got uh, harder, when we had difficulties with things, they were always there to email and to answer and to come into chats when we needed them. And I think that's something that we then are going to model ourselves on uh, from what we experienced when we were the students. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be one of the, the big advantages going into the, the the courses you deliver is it's it's pretty recent that you've been through it and, and been in their shoes, which will be really valuable. And I think um, hopefully we'll also see trainers come from cohorts like we do with, with all of the Google for Education work that we do. And there's many trainers I now work with that were attendees in my sessions and things like that um actually i noticed katie's put a comment i appreciate certifications that actually mean something um i i know that we've spoken to a few schools where they've they've um provided the opportunity for their teachers to become uh google certified educators level one level two through to certified trainer and actually, a few of the schools that we've worked with before are looking at this as their next step. Um, while they've 
they found that G Suite and Chromebooks and uh, their teachers sort of moving through the educator and trainer certifications has been really valuable for the the learning they're able to offer. That actually this seemed like the logical next step for them to look a bit more wide, widely at their pedagogy and how they can leverage technology effectively. Um, does that feel like the? Does that feel like relevant that you can take these standards and and apply it in the way that you do get the best out of technology in schools? Absolutely, yeah, because it's not um, dependent on the technology you use either. So you can do one artifact uh, on Google and another on a, a different platform. It doesn't matter what the technology it is you're using. That's what becomes irrelevant, really, in terms of the certification. It's more about how you're using it and how you're you putting the strategies in place to use it. Um, yeah, for me, that's that was really interesting to see because we focused a lot on Google over the, over the last few years. So it was good to sort of just look and to see what other people were using. It made sense to me to also put in your Twitter handle as well, Wendy, while you were, while you were sharing there, because I know that you share a lot of good stuff um, if people are sort of once it's not only for ISTE, but um, actually a bit of a shout out for your Feel Good Edgy. Um, so one of Wendy's key projects is around... Uh, I suppose supporting mental health and well-being for teachers and educators, it's never an easy job and it's often got tougher. I know further education in particular um, has had a, a very challenging time here in the UK. Um, so, yeah, as well as as well as ISTE uh, tips and various things, um, following Wendy is also a really useful thing if you sort of want to sort of manage that challenge of balancing work and life and everything else as well. Not ben that you said earlier about having you know we're looking at um some schools doing the the ist certification together at first uh that is going to be so valuable for the school because it's great when one person does it and they're the person that goes in and advocates for it but if you have a group of people going in like we did you can totally change the way your um school or college works really quickly because you've got a group of people that have made that change together um and the you know it's like 10 times learning really it's 10 times the change in the, in that same time because you've got all of those people working together and it also gives you a chance to talk to people you know that are doing a similar job in a similar organization um, and I know even though we're working uh, in in different training sessions we've sort of talked behind the scenes and looked at each other's portfolios and and given tips on how we might go or just chatted about it and I think that's really good I mean, it'll work if you've got a cohort of strangers to start with because you won't be strangers but I think there is real value in a group of people from the same school doing it together yeah and, and one of the things that I found about the the situation we found ourselves with COVID-19 and, and working remotely is that while um, I really value our in-person sessions and the relationships you can build in those one of the things that has been a benefit of providing more remote sessions is actually access to the training uh, more equitable access. Um, it, some schools are very able to provide their teachers with time to leave school for a day or two and engage in training. But actually, for a lot of schools, that's really difficult for a number of reasons. Um, and actually, remote training, because you don't want to sit on a video call for seven or eight hours in the day, remote training inevitably gets split up over a period of time. So um, it does feel like there's more option to actually engage in that for more people. Um, so hopefully we'll see that too. So 
just in case you are interested in finding a bit more about the um, online ISTE offering, the 100% online program, um, then feel free to, to follow that little bit.ly link and find out a little bit more about how you can sign up for that. Um, I feel like it, we're, it's sort of natural time to start wrapping up. Really appreciate everyone's contributions so far. Anything that anyone wants to add in relation to ISTE or anything else we've spoken about today before we uh, before we close out and just give our thank yous to everyone's time? Just that we mentioned about, we've constantly mentioned about the, the time commitment and the fact that there's a lot of work for it. Don't let that put you off if that's suddenly been something you thought, oh, okay, it's the, they're all saying it's a lot of work. Because when we were going through the online course, and moved into the portfolio section, we had already made some artifacts that we could directly use in our portfolio. So there was some time saving there. If you did well on the online and it was marked and it was marked as a pass, it could go straight into the portfolio. So it's worth keeping that in mind too. Good tip, yeah. And I, I think it's sort of a lot of the things that naturally teachers are doing in the classroom, there's a time limit, isn't there, on the artifacts you could use. They need to be within... A certain amount of time and when you when you submit is that right two years so so things that you're doing day to day can be utilized it's not all net new content that you have to create no and, and often since by the time you finish your portfolio you're four to six months or even longer from when you started the process so you will have started implementing some of these things in your work day to day anyway hopefully if you've gone seven months and haven't then you haven't paid enough notice um, so it's not sitting there doing new stuff all the time. It's identifying, yeah, I, I, I used it well there. Let's use that as evidence. Um, so it's not sitting down and doing all this extra work all the time. A lot of it is identifying when you did do a good job in your actual day-to-day -day work, and you can use that as your evidence. Awesome. Um, can I just quickly add something on top of that? You also have the moments when you realize oh, I could have done this so much more efficient for myself and my students, and it could have helped. Uh, you have a different awareness of what's happening just because you have those standards on, on your mind and on the top of your mind, then you can just look at what you're doing. Well, that's one of the key so things, isn't it, in the training is you will become almost sort of, you will know the standards inside out. You yeah. Or is it like the matrix where just in every learning scenario, you're like, oh, that is that's a that's a four D. That's a four D. Crowd. I talk the whole language. <laughs> I was in a training session then with with a school, and they were on a particular piece of software, and at the end of it somebody said do you know any software that does x y and z and i said oh yeah this particular piece of software i know of it but i've never used it and the teacher said would you mind if we had a look and normally i'd have said give me a week i'll learn a bit i'll teach you and i thought oh standard standard that'll take us <laughs> do this and i got really excited and we did it there and then so it was you know you do actually change your process on your mind all the time and you're fitting it in where where it's coming um, in your natural teachers so it is quite a fun thing to do but it's it is rigorous too it's well worth doing okay there we have it so um i've I've just posted in the comments, please do let us know if you've got any questions uh, and obviously sort of continue to reach out and we'll reply to those. Um, so the SD certification, you can you can host that at your school if you feel that 
you're in a situation where that is possible uh, and one of our amazing trainers will, will come along and deliver that two days and then you'll get the follow-up of the online support as you move towards that certification. Um, you can do the 100% online option and the link is still there if you want to find out a bit more about that. Um, and yeah, we're just uh, really excited to be able to continue to work with schools on developing their effective use of technology in addition to our Google for Education work also um, through the AE Learning Lab in ISTE. Um, so thank you so much to everyone. Thank you, Bogdan, for your Gmail tips. Thank you, Wendy, for your contribution on this um, and the ISTE standards and your, I know that you were um, one of the shining lights that everyone kind of referred to very timely with your uh, portfolio submission. So um, great to get your insight on that one. And, uh, and Gitta, you mentioned it earlier, your very late nights. And I know some of those were dedicated to ISTE at times, but just for everyone out there, you don't need to do it between 10 p.m. and 1 a.m. That's just a Gitta way of working um, when, when Ellis is sleeping, I think, is the key bit, isn't it? Cool. So um, I just wanted to bring back in a couple of things to remind you of. So there's still a chance if you want to use that link to sign up to win some free tickets to some of the boot camps or summits. Um, so we'd love to, to sort of be able to offer that up to as many people as possible. Um, so please do submit that uh, via that form there, the gsummit.link forward slash Acer. Um, massive thank you to Roberto and Acer. Um, these uh, free events are things that we're able to do with Acer's support. So we continue to thank them for making that possible um and providing the backing that they do and uh without further ado if there are no more questions i will let you all head out to the rest of your afternoons evenings early mornings depending on where you're viewing from and obviously if you're picking this up at another time hopefully you found lots of tips to make it really useful for you um so yeah massive thank you we have got some future summits coming up the next one uh, on November the 7th will be specifically North America focused, where we're going to be looking at maths and science uh, related support. So for the STEM classroom, um, particularly maths and science, we've got some great tips from some great trainers there. And uh, obviously, subscribe and keep up to date with the tips and tricks coming from SETI and everybody else as well. These videos are getting chopped up into bite sized pieces. So within um, a few sort of days or weeks, you'll be able to see Bogdan's Gmail section just chopped down specifically for you. Cool. Thank you, everyone. Have a lovely rest of the day and bid you all farewell. Bye, everyone. See you. Uh, Thank you. I don't understand.